Hello and welcome to Digital Insight. Thanks for downloading the podcast from The Interface magazine. I'm Jason Walsh, and this week we speak to Martin Stark. Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best known companies. The Digital Insight, disrupt, transform, evolve. Martin is the Director of Global Operational Procurement and Processes at Leo Pharma, and he speaks to us about how the Denmark-based pharmaceutical company is using not only technology, but people and processes to revolutionize its supply chain management and procurement processes. So can you tell us a little bit about your work in procurement? Yes. So uh, originally, I joined Leo Pharma Global Procurement in 2012 to set out the transformational journey, digital and organizational-wise. So I've been part of the procurement organization for, for the remaining seven years. And has it changed a lot in that time with the developments in technology? Yes, significantly. So basically when I joined the company, um, indirect spend, spend was not uh, system supported. So it was primarily uh, driven by invoices, mm-hmm. or old-fashioned uh, invoice processing and slim to none uh, governance on uh, or in indirect uh, goods and services. Yeah. So now I assume people are working in a much more kind of online way, looking toward digital transformation. Yes, definitely. So what we have orchestrated is to implement a, a solution which is fully scalable, and it's up and running in, uh, in 30 uh, affiliates and production sites now in Leo Pharma. And how does that work? I mean, are people logging into your system or are you meeting them halfway? Yeah, so you can say it's uh, decentralized in the sense that we have uh, around four to 500 uh, people who have access to the system and uh, can then make their requests. And then we have a very efficient team uh, sitting and converting doing the sourcing and procurement or participate for, uh, for those requests coming in. And is it a question of doing more with less, or is it simply about driving a kind of more efficient process? I think it's it's a combination. It's also, um, since we're in the pharmaceutical industry, it's about, uh, you can say, mitigating risk, driving efficiency, gaining uh, trust with the partners that we have so we can actually drive the spend, avoid maverick spend. So I think there's a lot of, you can say, tangible and intangible benefits rolling out this way. Yeah. And what about the specificities of pharmaceutical? It's a heavily regulated area for obvious reasons. Are there any kind of GDPR concerns or other data concerns? So say lately in the beginning, it was not that obvious, but uh, of course the GDPR has been developed over the last couple of years and then it applies now. So of course there has also been uh, considerations around that. It's not been the primary driver. Uh, the primary driver has been to to um, streamline the uh, process and get a more consistent and way way of uh, of buying stuff. Yeah, and I mean, why is digitizing the supply chain and and buying products and services more efficiently such an important thing for you? Well, I think it's important to uh, if you want to utilize your contracts, improve your compliance, and really generate the uh, benefits. And then you need a system to, to cater for that rather than autonomous uh, behavior. 
And is it fundamentally a technological process, just a question of getting the systems in place and having everyone tick the correct boxes? Or is it a process that's fundamentally about people? I think it's fundamentally about people. I think implementing uh, software, which I've done for, for more than a decade, um, various applications, I think um, implementing the technology is around 10% of your effort. Uh, the rest is around people and processes. But definitely the most important part is the people. Okay, can you take us through that a little bit? So, I mean, obviously you're saying the technology is easy enough to implement. You just find or develop the right system and deploy it but that only takes you a little bit of the journey. Yeah, you could say, I think you need a bottom-up and a, a top-down approach. So establishing the uh, incentives, so getting the buy-in from top management and then uh, getting the incentives for the uh, end users. Mm. I think we have succeeded in, in, in doing so, creating the uh, incentives for the uh, end users so they can see the benefits. So we have spent significant amount of time face-to-face getting the feedback from the end users, not customizing the technology as such, but rather listening to uh, what makes their life easier and what we do and what we don't do. Yeah, and what kind of feedback are you getting in this consultation process? Um, you can say uh, it varies. Uh, we've rolled out in uh, 30 different countries, different cultures, but if you implement some low common denominators, and along you have processes which are more of uh, principle procedures, then you can have common denominators, and then you work out from principles rather than rules. Mm. Um, then I think you can implement a, a solution with, which is scalable. Yeah. And I mean, what fundamentally is the problem that you want to solve? So the problem that we want to solve is that we want to utilize and build stronger partnerships with our vendors build an efficient machine to, uh, to buy the stuff that we need and help drive the compliance through, uh, through easy purchasing. If technology is secondary to this process, is it necessary to make this change and, and to move toward a digital transformation? I mean, why do it at all? Yeah, you can say I believe in, 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 uh, in people, but I, I believe systems are supposed to work for you. You're not supposed to work all the systems. Uh, and I think that's really key driver. Right now, we're in the considerations on applying a robotics a process optimization, which will bring even more to the people. So you're working uh, that the systems work for you and not the other way around. I think uh, in the 90s and in the beginning of the century, it's been a lot about training and learning the system. I think the systems are built to actually bring benefits to the people and not the other way around. I mean, do you think that's just a side effect of how technology has hitherto been deployed? Or is it business processes that required people to sort of learn rules and adhere to them rather than work around how they, you know, what they wanted, needed and desired? So what I'm asking is, do you think that kind of lack of flexibility that was in the process before was to do with a technological mindset or a management mindset? I think the early stages of still a lot of existing ERP systems today are, are built for, for processes uh, and not for people. Um, and I think that's a flaw. And you can also see that the market uh, within purchase-to-pay solutions have evolved a lot. I think there's a more focus on usability today than just a few years ago. So definitely those technologies that appear right now 
they will get better buy-in from the people, and that's uh, that's crucial. Also with the mobility, rather than you have to work from a laptop, then working from your mobile device is uh, is definitely on the rise. Yeah, and I mean, is this to do with people who like are field sales agents or uh, home working or something like that? Is it just about making people use or letting people use the devices that they're more comfortable with? For example, like tablets. Yeah, I think it, I think it's about uh, empowerment. It's also about globalization, and say so you can basically work from uh, from anywhere. And um, then, of course, there's also a security aspect of it. But I think the security has been ensured. Also, there's a lot of stuff going on there in the security area. Um, but I think bringing, bringing uh, mobilizing people to do that job uh, whenever they want. So if it's fundamentally about change management, in other words, the technology is secondary to processing people, is the goal to drive a better performance and you know how does a a, a people-centric approach facilitate that you can say over the years we've changed from a decentralized to centralized operating model and what we can see is that the performance increases so we've outreached the old benchmarks from uh, the various white papers in the market so we're capable of having a very short purchase order cycle time and I think that is due to uh, the centralization of the uh, operational procurement unit that we have. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that it's both a bottom-up and top-down process. What did you mean by that? I mean, is this a question of avoiding just a diktat issued by the board? No, I think it's, you can say, creating the awareness of, of top management is, is crucial. So, of course, top management are interested in uh, utilizing and uh, have out the most value from your procurement uh, unit that you have. And then uh, bottom up, I mean, rather than dictating a mandate, I think it's, uh, it's better listening to the people and then bring solutions that are more thoughtful through that. And I think you can do that with technology. And I mean, as you say, management are usually quite supportive of this because they see it as a way of being more efficient in the business. What have you found the response like, you know, from people who are actually doing the procurement or from people in the IT side of things, for example? Um, I, I think there's a par- Pareto. So I think right now we have a compliance, which is uh, well above the uh, 80%. And I think that is, uh, it needs to be a balanced, uh, balanced approach. It's been lower a couple of years ago, but right now we are a High, very high level. We also cover uh, more than 95% of our spend on the systems, which is very high compared to uh, a lot of benchmark reports. Yeah. Um, so, of course, that's a combination of, of having uh, fully sub-management support um, and then also listening to the end users that are utilizing the system. And do you think its supply chain in general is something that has suffered on the IT side because it's something that IT has not got a, a natural instinct for. It's something that, that hasn't really been considered part of the business. I mean, IT traditionally has concerned itself with uh, effectively working as a sort of plumbing and firefighting service, making sure the networks are up and running and, and fixing things as they break down. But it, it hasn't really, until the last number of years, uh, concerned itself with sort of strategic vision uh, for the, the business. And even as it has started to do that, there may not be a fundamental understanding of something as complicated as supply chain in the IT department. Do you think that's been a problem? I think it's been a problem in the past. 
But what I see and what we've also done is that we uh, originally hired people with a business understanding and then allowed them to roll out the uh, system. So they actually understand the business value of it, not as much the IT side. And of course, it's a learning journey. So we allow the people who are experts in, in configuring the IT systems. Of course, we have had those on board. But it's most whenever you roll out an IT system, roll out by the benefits. And what we've done, which is fairly untraditional, is that after we go live uh, everywhere, then the operational responsibility is not handed over to somebody. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same people that are driving in after. That gains a lot of trust in the organization rather than that it's a big project that comes out and roll out an IT system and then they leave it for operations afterwards. Do you mean that you have a DevOps approach to it or is it something else? Um, I mean, who is responsible for the operations fundamentally once the system has been rolled out? Yeah, it's the same people. So it's the same people rolling it out that also has the operational responsibility uh, afterwards. So you can't, you can't get away. And that creates a good incentive structure, both for the receiving part, but definitely also for the uh, rollout team, right? You have to live with what you implement. Yeah, eat your own dog food, as the expression goes. Um, was yeah, yeah. W- was this an overnight switch? I mean, obviously, it took planning and, and time to implement, but did you decide we're moving toward a, a, a process of change and we're going to implement a digital transformation solution and, you know, come D-Day, we flick the switch and everyone moves over? Or was it a, a gradual, you know, you change one aspect of procurement one at a time and, and sort of roll them out and see how they operate? I think it, uh, it took us uh, 24 months to calibrate a bit. So originally we made, we made a couple of mistakes, but uh, we were quite transparent with those. And then we got those fixed so we could actually have a scalable uh, solution being rolled out. And then we established some principal procedures about uh, how to do procurement in the company. And that helped out uh, a lot, uh, gaining the understanding and the acceptance of the organization of why we're doing what we're doing. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Digital Insight Podcast in association with TheInterface.net and CPOStrategy.com. The Digital Insight is brought to you by B2E Media Limited. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to check out our podcast archive at www.b2e-media.com slash podcast.